Would you stand in reverence in the presence of God's Word as we read from the Gospels, this time Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is speaking and says, Pray then in this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Reverend Adam Hamilton, one of our United Methodist pastors, his church is Church of the Resurrection in the Kansas City metro area. He's become not only a preacher, but a prolific writer. He's written a new book on the Lord's Prayer. Our faith formation team months ago chose this as one of their summer series to study in Sunday school classes as well as in special classes when they were telling me about it. I often select a book to go along with the July sermon series. I decided I would go along and align the sermons with what they were going to be teaching in the age levels and in the different classes. I want to read you a few words of what Reverend Adam Hamilton says in this book early in the very early pages of this. He writes this, The words that Jesus gave his disciples and us form the best known and most often prayed prayer in the world yet despite our familiarity with this prayer and the frequency with which we may pray it we often fail to grasp its meaning we know it but often we don't know it we pray it but all too often we don't actually pray it These words of Jesus are thousands of years old now and yet still relevant today. We're going to be looking at this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, as most of us know it, over these next several weeks in July. My hope is that it deepens your understanding of Jesus, the Bible, and of this particular prayer As Reverend Hamilton says in the subtitle, it's important to study this. The subtitle is The Meaning and Power of the Prayer Jesus Taught. Pray then in this way, Jesus says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father's way it begins, but as Dr. Roberta Bondi, who was our lecturer here in 2017 to help us start Lent, says it's often difficult, especially for women, to start with our Father if they grew up in an abusive home. All of us now have heard more about sexual violence and human trafficking, abuse in the home. If one's father was abusive or absent, Dr. Bondi points out how difficult it might be to begin your prayer saying, Our Father. And yet, she says, she grew up in the church learning this prayer. She said, for myself, I just switched it to our parent and continued to pray it. Others say mother and father different ways to still approach the prayer. Father is not the only way we can address God. 
Throughout Scripture, there are hundreds of names and images for God in Scripture. There's such a wide variety. Often we miss so many different images of God, which might help us deepen and broaden our own understanding of God if we would explore them further. I think if you would do a study and explore the names of God in Scripture, it would probably also help you deepen your own prayer life. But in this model prayer, Jesus uses Father. But we can tell from his parables and his other teachings that when he's saying our Father, he's thinking of a being that is loving and kind and compassionate, one who cares deeply about each of us, one who is seeking our good or our welfare, one who is seeking to have a relationship with us that brings us to the experience of abundant life. John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist movement. He was a doctor of philosophy, a professor at Oxford, and an Anglican preacher. He wrote about the Lord's Prayer and this section of Scripture from Matthew known as the Sermon on the Mount several times. I want to read you a couple of things he wrote. He starts in this one sermon saying, Our Father is referring to one who is good and gracious to all, our Creator, our Preserver. In another one of his sermons, he wrote this, If God is Father, then God is good. Then God is loving to God's children. And here's the first and great reason for prayer. God is willing to bless. Let us ask for blessing. We should also notice another part in this opening phrase that even though Jesus is teaching this to his disciples, to individuals, he doesn't say to them, pray like this, my father, as an individual. Jesus' teaching in this prayer starts with our father. Reverend Hamilton points out in the book that throughout this prayer, Jesus uses the plural or community language our we and us he writes we live in a world that is focused on my mine and me but jesus teaches us to pray our us and we and yet this is where the conflict often comes in most of us are driven to prayer when we have personal needs where we want or need God to do something for us so often when we're struggling when we're praying in a fervent way it's all about things we're dealing with in our own lives so maybe this is a growth area for us in terms of our own prayer life it would help me grow in prayer if I expanded what I prayed for I think these words from Jesus help us do that When they began by saying, Our Father, it broadens the scope of what we're thinking about beyond just ourselves. Oh, it's fine to pray for yourself, important to pray for yourself and those you love. The point here is don't stop there. Be willing to pray in a bigger way. As we talked about in the last sermon series, it begins to help us to see as God sees. And that helps us grow in Christ. And it transforms us into people who can love as God loves. 
So Jesus says to begin your prayer thinking our, thinking bigger than just yourself. Reverend Adam Hamilton in the book writes it like this. He says, this seems particularly important in a world prone to polarization and divisions. God is not simply the God of Protestants, but also of Catholics and of the Orthodox believers. God is not simply the God of conservatives, but also of liberals. God is not the father of any one nation or ethnic group, but the father of all nations and all peoples. God is not merely the father of Christians, but the father of Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, and even atheists and agnostics who don't believe in God. If you share the same Father, you are family with these others. To acknowledge God as our common Father is to recognize our obligation to our neighbors, all of whom are made in the likeness and image of God. That leads us right into that phrase about God's name being hallowed. Hallowed and holy are similar words, similar meaning and roots to hallowed and holy. One of the stories that Adam tells in the book is about a woman in his congregation. They were having, like we're doing here in July, a missions emphasis, but theirs was for back to school. They were asking their congregation to buy school supplies, and they were helping one school where all the kids had to wear uniforms but couldn't all afford them, so they were also buying uniforms. They all were told that all the supplies that they might want to purchase and the uniforms were available at Target. There's a Target not far from that church. So the people started to go and purchase those things. One woman came back to Reverend Hamilton and said, I went to Target, I bought some school supplies, I bought some uniforms, I stood in line until my turn, and as the cashier is helping me check out, she says, uh, what are these for? And she says, well, my church is doing a mission project. We're buying these for students who need some help. And she said, are you from that church of the resurrection? And she said, I am. Do you go there? And she said, well, no, I don't. But I have lost count of how many people have come through my line buying school supplies and uniforms, and they all go to church of the resurrection. She said, to tell you the truth, I haven't been going to church. I haven't gone to church in a long time. But seeing all of you all, I think maybe I need to go back. And if I go back, you think it'd be all right if I came to your church? I'd like to come to your church. Adam says the cashier has just seen people making God's name holy hallowing God's name through their life, through their actions. And he asked in the book, if someone was watching you, would they know about a God who is holy? Would they see someone hallowing God's name? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The good news in this passage is that God's will on earth is possible. So often we get discouraged as we go through our daily lives, beginning to think there's just nothing more than conflict and carnage, sorrow and sadness, problems and polarization. But this prayer says, oh no, there's something more God intends for you and me, that God's will can be done on earth. The assumption is that God's will is done perfectly or fully in heaven, and that that can happen here too. But how many of us have lost hope? I begin to believe that's not really possible. Too many terrible people in the world. But would Jesus teach us to pray that way? If Jesus didn't believe it was possible for God's will to be done on earth and not only possible, but something that God is willing, that something God is working toward, what if we decided to follow Jesus in our prayer and in our actions and became the ones through whom God was working for God's will to be done on earth? Oh, we can do it in small everyday actions. We can be kind to others, whether we're at church or at the store or at a place of business or socializing in the neighborhood. Small everyday acts of kindness can go a long way. To spreading the love of God in the world. But of course, there's also the bigger ways of service and justice. Just like Dr. Nellis was talking about, we can be a part of a bigger project to spread God's love. Well, you heard last week, if you were here, about project transformation and how you can help children during the summer stay up on their reading levels, help them with their literacy, which builds a foundation for them that launches them into a better life. Of course, our five-fold United Methodist membership vow reminds us that we can do God's will, that we can participate in God's will through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Lots of ways to be a part of what God is doing in the world if we're willing to be a part of God's work in the world. I've prepared these little prayer cards. You may have gotten one on the way in. If not, they're on the counters on the way out. I'm going to encourage you to get one. On one side is the Lord's Prayer as we say it aloud, usually together out of the Methodist liturgical tradition. On the other side, same prayer, but the version out of the new Revised Standard Version of Scripture that I'm using to preach from each and every Sunday. I hope you'll take one of these with you. I'm encouraging you to take a card and use it every day this week. Let it shape you. Let it form you. Let God speak to you through these words as Jesus taught them, as you pray them. Let, let them be a guide for you in terms of how you're living your life. Yesterday, I got my phone out and I set my alarm for noon so that it'll be a little bell that goes off every day at noon for the rest of July. I'm making a commitment that I'm going to pick up the card and say the prayer every day at noon. I would love for all of you all to join me as well. 
So we know when we're praying, we're not praying alone. We're praying to our Father and we're praying with our community that other people are praying the same prayer, opening themselves to what God might do in us and through us. Let us become a community of fervent prayers. What might happen? How might God use us? If we're willing to be fervent prayers, if we dedicate ourselves more deeply to prayer during the rest of this month of July, if we make a commitment to pray this Lord's Prayer every day at noon with all the rest who are making the commitment to do so at noon, God might just use us to start a revival of prayer and love. It might happen in our hearts and in our lives. It might happen across our congregation. In fact, it might happen throughout the world may it be so may we make that commitment together may we begin to pray more deeply as jesus taught us to pray amen